The Start On Demand. On demand. Do you plan to do any gardening this year? If so, you'll be happy to know that greenhouses have been given the green light to open. We'll speak with Ray Dubois, president of Ron Paul Garden Center. Ron Paul, they've got it all. How will travel restrictions for northern Manitoba impact communities like the Paw? We'll speak with their mayor, Herb Jacques. Today marks the 50th anniversary of the safe return home of Apollo 13. We'll speak with Scott Young from the Planetarium. We've got another great way to help local businesses courtesy of Floodway Print Co. And with the new Michael Jordan documentary series debuting on Sunday and Monday, we want to know who is your favorite athlete of all time. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry and McNabb, and this is the Friday, April 17th podcast for The Start. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, Jeff Braun just mentioned it, the quarantine 15. And I don't know how much I have put on, if it is in fact 15, but I noticed this morning, oh, these pants are getting a little tight, (laughs) which made me sad. And then I went to put on my rings, and it was a little hard to do so. That frustrated me, although I think that has to do with the Chinese food that I ordered this mm. week because when I eat Chinese food, I put on boatloads of soy sauce. And yeah, yeah the so, so I'm blaming that one on the, the sodium, but uh, I'm a little frustrated with the uh, the waistline. I need to hammer down here. Mackling, and- you're, you're healthy though, right? Well, I'm wearing a Montreal Expos t-shirt I haven't worn in three years today, so I was pretty happy about that. I pulled it out of my drawer, and I looked at it, and I thought, you cocky SOB, you're going to try and put this shirt on today? And I did, and it's not like a drape, it's not hanging on me, but uh, I can actually wear it, so I'm feeling pretty good about that. Oh, that's an ac- that's an achievement, man. Well done, sir. And McNabb, what about you, Uh how are you I th- doing? I, th- I think I've actually either stayed the same or lost a little. And uh, I- I've been trying to do like workouts every single day from home with videos and whatnot. Just part of it's just for your mental health. So I actually uh, feel like I'm doing okay. Although I am not following the advice of all the experts who say like try to put on normal pants once in a while so you can really test that theory out. I mean, all sweats feel loose. Yeah. So I'm riding that train. So I, I should go to the closet because I have a pair of jeans that I wore just before I got married that I've been convinced since I've had kids I'll get back into. You know that pair you just keep around because you're certain. Yep. You're certain the time will come again. And about once a year I go to throw them on and can't get them past my thigh. It's like that's it's like every scene in the great eighties movie where I need like a pair of pliers to like pull up the zipper on the jeans you know someone to help you out through it like just get get over here help me get these jeans on so no i i'm not there yet but i feel like i'm i'm holding my own i feel like it well and i can certainly relate to those jeans that jeans thing i had a pair of jeans in my drawer that i held on to for like 10 years hadn't been able to wear them for 10 years until last year uh so it it is possible and it god it feels great with mackling when you put on that t-shirt i'm sure you felt just a huge sense of accomplishment so yeah and it's not like i've been stuffing my face it's just uh, i think uh, you know I, i i usually get takeout at least once a week anyway but lately i've been doing it twice a week and when you combine that with the fact that the gyms are closed and I haven't been 
aside from going from for a daily walk, I haven't really been exercising at home. So I just need to need to throw in a little bit of extra effort. Like I pledged that I would walk up, hike the stairs in my building every day. I think I did that twice. And uh, now I'm just lazy. So two times more than normal. You got to look at it that way. <laughs> I think. I don't know. Look at that. Optimism. Good for yeah. you, McNabb. That's what we need heading into the weekend. Mackling McGarry and McNabb, there is a documentary series that launches on Sunday in the United States and Monday in Canada, and it has to do with this man. The inbounds pass comes into Jordan. Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win it! They win it! Set the Cleveland Cavaliers! Michael Jordan hits it at the foul line! One to 100! Michael Jordan, the name of the documentary is The Last Dance. ESPN is debuting... Two episodes this Sunday, which will be available on Netflix in Canada on Monday. And then for the next five weeks, there will be two episodes per Sunday slash Monday. So we're using this as the launch pad for our conversation right now. We want to know who's your favorite athlete of all time, because Michael Jordan was, for many people, their favorite. I hated Michael Jordan. I hated the Chicago Bulls, but I respected Michael Jordan. So I am excited to see this documentary. So Kelly Moore is here. Jeff Braun is here. Jeff Fortier. And why don't we start with the sportsman, our sports director, Kelly Moore, because you've been covering sports for forever. And uh, you must have this might have been a difficult choice for you. Well, I'll tell you guys, Sunday marks my 44th anniversary in radio broadcasting. So, oh, right yeah. on. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. It, it has been a while. Jeff Ryan with the boo. I wouldn't expect anything different from Jeff Braun. But, <laughs> but uh, no, I, and as a matter of fact, I just texted uh, Loren. I'll, I'll send it to uh, the rest of you in a moment, but I just texted Loren a picture that I'm staring at in my office of an interview I had the chance to do with my all-time hero, Gordy Howe, mm-hmm. uh, back in Portland. I think it was probably back in the late 80s, but uh, he was just everything that I thought an athlete should be. He was tough. He was skilled. He was humble, and he was so respected, and uh, I, I just... Gordy Howe, to me, embodies everything that a professional athlete should be. Jeff oh, he was Oh, sorry, Brett. I just wanted to say about Gordy Howe. He was just smart as a whip. He had a great sense of humor as well, Kelly. I remember he came to Minnedosa a few years ago, and uh, I mm. asked him to tell his best Bobby Hall story. He goes, Bobby who? <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. And, of course, there were those legendary Gordy Howe elbows, you know, and, and uh, the Gordy Howe hat trick, a goal, assist in a fight. Like, just, oh, man, just he, he is the everything. Honor, I know you. I just, uh, I just called you the name you hate. I'm so sorry. I don't know where that came from. I'll just stop now. Go ahead, it. Jeff Braun. No, I'm obviously not a huge sports guy like Kelly is over there. But for me, it's, uh, it's Milt Stegall. Just watched him score so many touchdowns at the old stadium over the years, and I've never seen anyone as exciting to watch score a touchdown as Milt Stegall. You just the roar of the crowd every single time. 
And all those other catches he'd make where he'd, go, he'd just go into the middle and get hit by two guys, but he'd always come down with the ball. And it's just pure joy watching Milt Stiegel play. And he's just such a charismatic guy, too. I, I love listening to Milt talk. He, he could say anything, and it's fun to listen to him, and he's got such a great sense of humor. And uh, it's funny how he can talk himself up and talk about how handsome he is and how awesome his clothes are, but uh, and yet you don't... Like, there isn't an ounce of pretense. Really. Like, you know he's just joking, but maybe not joking. Mackling, you were struggling with this. You said you couldn't figure out who your favorite is. No, I mean, the list would be far too long. Michael Jordan was uh, my sort of hero for a long time, and uh, my bedroom was a shrine to him for three or four years of my life. Bo Jackson, absolutely incredible multi-sport athlete. Too many bombers and jets to mention over the years, but if I have to pick one, it would be the WHA's Anders Hedberg. He had such an impact on the way I learned to love hockey. I used to go to the games with my dad when I was a little kid. I was lucky enough to go to practices. And it was after one of those practices, our car would not start on a minus 35 or minus 40 day. And my dad popped the hood, hoping someone would come by with booster cables to give us a boost. Somebody did. That individual was Anders Hedberg in his Cadillac, gave us a boost. And he was just, a, you know, when he lived in Winnipeg, he was only here for three hockey seasons. But the, he and uh, Ulf Nielsen were such a part of our community. And I've got to meet Anders over the years. And everything I thought about him as a kid and the type of person he was has turned out to be, at least in my experience, true. So uh, Anders Hedberg's at the top of the list for me. How about you, Jeff Forte? Oh, you see, I'm not a big sports guy, just like Jeff Braun. I did have Michael Jordan on my list uh, because of Space Jam. He beat the Monstars. (laughs) That's that's a big one for me. Uh, Maybe Sidney Crosby with the Golden Goal. Uh, Maybe. Or Jonathan Taves, Winnipegger. And I also had Milt Stiegel on here, but... uh, yeah, you know what? I'm not quite sure who is my favorite athlete. Well, the Space Jam is a good, as good a reason as any, and uh, that song "Hit 'Em High" is a great tune. The Monstars. So I like your honesty, Jeff. I like I like Michael Jordan because Space Jam. <laughs> Loren McNabb, how about you? Well, we were huge Wayne Gretzky fans in our family growing up, and so that would have been my first choice. But then one of our listeners texted uh, just a few minutes ago to say that was also their choice and mentioned his wine. His wine is terrible, so I'm going to choose to not make that my number one choice just because of that. And uh, I'm going to give a shout-out to Serena Williams. I just love watching her play. She's fantastic, and everything she does on the court is amazing, but also what she does off. And I love the message she's been giving to young women all across this world. She talks about the fact that she doesn't look like like every other girl, and that took her a while to be okay with that. And then she realized how good it was to be different. To be different is great. And so I love the message that she has. And, man, she's got a quote that I think of often when she says, I am lucky that whatever fear I have inside of me, my desire to win is always stronger. And I just, she's badass. I love her. Well, she's a tour. She is a force to be reckoned with. Uh, one of the greatest athletes of all time, period. She's just a wrecking machine in tennis. Uh, for me, it would be Magic Johnson. Uh, I was a fan of Magic. And for no, like, I, I think it was in grade three when I determined I liked Magic Johnson just because he, his name was Magic and the Lakers uniforms were purple. And that's my favorite color. 
Twitter. Uh, but then as I became an actual fan of the game, I enjoyed how sort of selfless he was. He's a point guard, and he was such a great passer. And he's still regarded as one of the top point guards ever. I, was, I noticed this morning that John Stockton from the Utah Jazz was trending on Twitter, and I was curious to know why. And there was an argument that, that started because somebody threw up a picture of uh, a compilation of 10 different point guards and said, who are the best top four point guards of all time? And unanimously, Magic Johnson was either number one or number two or number three across the board. So uh, I, I will say I was let down. Not, I mean, I was devastated when I learned he had HIV, but when I found out how he contracted it because he was sleeping around on his wife when he was on the road, I thought, oh, come on, man. Um, but in terms of what he accomplished on the court, he was so much fun. Showtime with the Los Angeles Lakers, and we're getting lots of texts at 204-780-6868, including one from Don who went way back to 1936. Jesse Owens was his choice. Uh, he says what Jesse did helped end the racial divide. So, Don, thank you for that thoughtful text. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, thank you so much for joining us on The Start. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at 680CJOB, on Facebook, as well as on Instagram. We try to update the story throughout the morning. I'm usually in every commercial break, I'm feverishly trying to throw something up there just to let you know what we have coming up in the show. Uh, yesterday, I didn't put quite as much up because I had a terrible sleep. We all had bad sleeps Thursday, uh, Wednesday night. Uh, Today I feel a little bit better, although I did fall asleep on the couch again. Woke up uh, sitting up on the couch at one thirty this morning. So, what What's can the I over under on that on a regular basis anyway? Like uh, it happens just... like four times a week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, my, my my personal life is a train wreck disaster. I like to think though that my professional life is uh, at least mediocre at best. So, uh, here we go. Friday morning on the start, and there are now travel restrictions in place, Loren, for Northern Manitoba. Yeah, we heard the chief public health officer say yesterday that they have to protect northern communities where the spread of COVID-19 would be more risky, particularly some of those really isolated places that might be really great distances from any hospitals. And so what this ban means that all is all air and lab travel past the 53rd parallel is prohibited. And the 53rd essentially runs from the northern edges of Lake Winnipeg and Lake Manitoba and beyond. So anyone who lives north of that, can still come and go from Winnipeg if they need to, and so can goods and services. But the goal is really to keep outsiders from coming in and prevent that COVID-19 from spreading, Greg. Yeah, the the town of the Paw is just north of the 53rd parallel, and its mayor is Herb Jacques, and he joins us now. Good morning, Herb. Good morning, folks. How are you guys? We're doing uh, as well as can be expected, I would say, under these circumstances. How are your folks uh, up in the paw handling all this? And of course, uh, I know OCN is your sort of your twin uh, community there up north, and and they they, they are synonymous, are they not, uh, Mr. Mayor? Yeah, pretty close. Yeah, there's there's three communities right close together immediately, right the town of the paw, the arm of Kelsey, and OCN. Uh, we try to support one another whenever we can, and. Uh, this this whole situation with the coronavirus, uh, the locking or the closing of the 53rd parallel, pretty strange times, uh, you know, pretty unsettling times. And uh, we've all got mixed feelings on the closure, but I think generally speaking, we're supportive of it. Now, the capacity for hospitals in your area to handle a big spread would be more limited. Is there a concern? Uh, well, yeah, there, there would be a concern. Uh, you know, the RHA is trying their best to 
control the situation as best they can. Uh, you know, in the PAW, for instance, our hospital is, I think it's around 100 years old, and Lord knows it should be replaced one of these days, uh, but they have only two uh, ICU critical care beds right in the emergency room department. So, you know, if, if this hit any of us in a bad sort of way, uh, things would get stressful pretty quick. It would be stressful for so many smaller communities, Herb. What does this closure, these travel restrictions mean? So residents in the PAW can still come and go. They said that yesterday. But I'm curious if there are any talks in place at, you know, for the airports or on the highways in terms of how you might be working to figure out inspections or stopping people from coming and going uh, just to double check to make sure they really do live in that area, Herb. You know, and that's a really good question. So the the northern mayors from Flin Flon, Thompson, the Paw, and Snow Lake, as well as the RCMP and a provincial government rep, we've been having teleconference meetings to discuss some of these issues. We had one yesterday afternoon, and even the RCMP wasn't clear exactly how the the barricade, if you will, or the line is going to be enforced. Uh, and you know, and I know the province has a lot on their plate. Um, it sounds like there's more information coming on that almost daily because it's a good question because it's even unclear to us if we leave the region, will we be automatically able to come back? And, you know, yesterday some of the answers on that were a little bit fuzzy. So uh, we're hoping for more clarity soon. Yeah, clarity is obviously imperative in situations like this. I think that's what we crave most right now is clarity and information and, and what is happening. And just for those unfamiliar with the geography, Loren and I were, were chatting about this yesterday, this idea of how do you enforce this uh, in terms of logistics. Uh, there's really only a, a couple of ways to, to get to your part of Manitoba from the south, uh, fair to say? Yes, uh, you from coming from the south, you have two major highways, number six and number ten. Uh, my understanding is that around we call it the Easterville Road. Just prior to before Grand Rapids, there'll be a uh, you know that's one line. Just south of the Paw will be the other. So it would give people the opportunity to turn around if needed. In the Paw, we also have a road that comes from the west called the 283 or the Tote Road. Uh, so there'll have to be some attention given to that one as well because. Uh, you know, the, the unfortunate thing is right now, fishing is pretty good, and those Saskatchewan farmers like to sneak around from the west. Herb, uh, we saw all kinds of panic buying here as it pertains to things like toilet paper. Was there any of that in your community as well? Uh, yeah, yeah, we, we're, we're, we're just like anybody else, uh, you know, so yeah, we bought some toilet paper. Herb, before we let you go, if you have one thing you need to get answered today in terms of how this travel restriction will work and how you'll hold the line, so to so to speak, what what's what's the question you need answered so that you can help plan and prepare for what might come next? Well, the the biggest thing for us is clarity. How will that border, if you will, be enforced? Uh, how will it impact our residents for comings and goings? Uh, you know, we that's that's probably our biggest thing right now because we. Uh, we need some answers, just some clarity on how are they going to enforce this. And we really hope it's only for a couple of weeks because this, this isn't good for anybody. Herb Jacques is the mayor of The Paw, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Herb, thank you so much for this. Okay, guys, thanks for calling and take care. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, if you are looking for something to watch this weekend, you might want to go on a search for this. Uh, Houston, we got a pretty large bang there associated with a master alarm. Uh, this is Houston. Uh, say again, please. Houston, we have a problem. 
We are venting something out into space. Look out, GNC, these guys are talking about bangs and shimmies up there. Doesn't sound like instrumentation to me. We've been hit by a media, we'd be dead by now. We never lost an American in space. We're sure as hell not going to lose one on my watch. Failure is not an option. Ugh. Who doesn't love that? Failure is not an option. I think uh, just hearing those words, guys, might give most people chills. And our next guest says it's a perfect message for these challenging times. And just in case you didn't recognize the source, that clip, of course, is from the movie Apollo 13, the moon mission that dodged disaster, Greg. Its crew never made it to the moon, but they did make it back to Earth, landing safely 50 years ago today. Scott Young is the manager of the planetarium at the Manitoba Museum and joins us now. Scott, in your own words, this mission was all about overcoming adversity, and you thought that was pretty appropriate, given the challenges the entire world is grappling with right now. Please explain, and, and welcome back to the show. Yeah, nice to talk to you folks. Um, you know, Apollo 13 is actually probably the most famous Apollo moon mission, um, even more than the first one. Um, I mean, it's the one that Tom Hanks made a movie of first, because it's just got this gripping drama story. So on the way out to the moon, the, the spacecraft has a problem, there's an explosion, and basically none of the plans that were in place worked. So the folks in mission control and the three astronauts basically had to improvise all sorts of ways to basically adapt to the situation. And it was you know, the situation kept getting worse. This was, you know, there was the explosion. Suddenly the batteries were failing. Well, they had to figure out ways to conserve power. Suddenly they um, were going in the wrong direction because the spacecraft was drifting. They had to figure out a way to, to fire the engine without actually using the computer or any of the things that they had just shut down. Um, all, of these, all of these issues had to be dealt with. And rather than panicking, rather than freaking out, rather than, you know, blaming it on someone else... Um, they just they sat down, they put the nose to the grindstone, they figured it out, they solved the problem, and then they went on to the next problem, and they solved that, and they solved that. Um, most people thought that these, these, these three guys were going to die in space. I mean, in fact, there was, there was no way that they should have survived. And yet, NASA pulled it out of the bag and got them home. I mean, that's, that's amazing. I mean, that's what science and engineering can do for us. It's, it's, a, it's a way to solve problems not just by guessing, not just by going with our gut, but by figuring out what the best possibility is and then making it happen. And that's that's what we do need to do today. Now, Scott, for many of us, uh, Loren admitted it earlier, and I will admit it now, that uh, for many of us, all we have ever known from Apollo 13 is from that movie. Uh, of course, it's a movie, so maybe some licenses were taken. Uh, for example, in the, in the clip, he says, Houston, we have a problem, but that's not not exactly what was actually said, right? Yeah, it, well, it's Houston, we've had a problem, um, and that's just not what has turned into the public lexicon. I mean, it's at, at past tense, it doesn't really have the same applicability. But I think Houston, we have a problem, has become just a, a watchword in society today. People are just so used to it. Um, everybody knows that it means, oh, that we have a problem not just... A, bat, uh, a minor problem, but a big problem, something that we all need to focus on, even if they don't even know where it came from. I would say that that's probably the most famous astronaut quote, and it's not even from an astronaut. It's from uh, Gene Kranz, the, the mission control director, the guy on the ground who was leading the team to fix it all. 
You're probably right. I think people probably have quoted that all over the place. And there's two great things about talking about this today, Scott. One, I feel like I can now play this movie for the kids and call that science class. And yep. two, which I just, you know, it's a great <laughs> totally excuse legit. to learn. <laughs> Thank you. I will say that you said that. So now I'm in the clear. But also you bring up the idea of science. And right now we have the world is so focused on the science of COVID-19 and how do we solve this problem? And you think of all the great minds out there back at, at, at Apollo 13 times and then now. And I think that's why it's also just so applicable to these times because of the brains that are working to try to fix something. Yeah. And I mean, in, in um, Apollo 13, you see mission control. You've got all these folks sitting at these rows of computers and, and um Gene Kranz, the flight director, sort of leading the team. But then in the back room, you've got, you know, thousands of people who are sleeping on cots and getting up and working on these problems. That's what's going on. That's, that's the way science works. Science isn't one guy in his basement coming up with an idea and then not testing things or not having evidence. I mean, that's, that's conspiracy theory. Um, and unfortunately, you see a lot of that out there as well. Um, I get the idea that, you know, it's way easier to blame someone. Um, than to actually deal with the problems. But, you know, science sort of tries to take that emotion out, tries to take out the, uh, the hearsay and all that stuff and really put it in the, in the sort of very basic terms. What's going on? What do we need to do? How can we fix it or how can we improve it? And that's what's going on around the world with doctors, microbiologists, virologists, uh, folks like that um, everywhere, including here in Winnipeg. The virology lab has just been crunch- doing great work crunching things out and doing all the early testing and working on things. So, Yeah, I think there's a real sense that science is going to get us out of this situation maybe faster than, uh, to uh, borrow a phrase from Donald Trump, uh, faster than anyone had imagined. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, Winnipeg has done amazingly well we were we were shutting things down here in winnipeg before um before it was fashionable you know i sound like a hipster there but you know the idea that uh, we recognized that this had to be this had to be done you can't mess around you can't say oh well maybe i'll i'll do the bare minimum required you know we i've been working at home for like 34 days now um and uh kind of going crazy but don't tell everybody um the, the idea, though, that we can get all of this stuff um, solved is really, really kind of powerful and exciting. And, the, and you know, even things like like um, the vaccines that are being worked on and stuff like that, even things like climate change, you know, these, these gigantic problems that most people sort of think, oh, man, we can't do that. That's impossible. Um, well, 50 years ago today, the NASA brought back astronauts that was impossible before that landing on the moon was impossible before that flying in an airplane was impossible we can do the impossible that's what science does scott young from the planetarium at the manitoba museum joining us live on 680 cjob scott thank you very much for this always a pleasure to talk to you man always fun thanks you guys cheers if you want to watch apollo 13 by the way it is available on amazon prime video for streaming, if you don't have Amazon, you can rent it through a variety of services, Apple, Google. Cineplex looks like the cheapest one. Looks like it's $3.99 there, where it's $4.99 on Google and Apple. Well, listen, uh, I have often marveled whenever we visit with Sherry Versluis of the Preferred Perch that bird watching is the number two pastime or hobby in Canada. Greg, what's number one? Gardening. 
is number one. And let's face it, there isn't anything more eye-catching or satisfying than growing and creating a well-kept flower pot or flower garden to add beauty to our surroundings. And this summer, we may see more flower and vegetable gardens than ever as we spend more and more time at home, at least through the spring, McNabb. Yeah, and with the closure of non-essential businesses, there was concern that greenhouses wouldn't be able to open to the public at a time when Manitobans typically turn to the soil, which of course is traditionally May long weekend. Yesterday, some clarity and some good news from the province. Ray Dubois is the president of Ron Paul Garden Centres. Ron Paul, they've got it all. I love a good jingle. You guys know that. Ron, uh, uh, Ray, welcome to the show and uh, good news. Hey, you must have been thrilled to hear that. Yes, uh, we were, you know, it's been a, it's been a a very difficult month and uh, yeah, uh, we'd, we'd heard rumblings um, about a week before that something was going to likely happen. And so we were kind of waiting with bated breath as we thought, today's the day, and then it wasn't, and then today's the day, and then it wasn't. So yesterday when it finally happened, we were quite, uh, more. it's more relief <laughs> than anything else. Uh, we were just relieved that, uh, you know, we got 90 people that work here when we peek out, and uh, we have a great responsibility to them, and, and we also have a responsibility to our, to our clients. So uh, it's a relief. Uh, so, sorry, Ray. Probably a dead end question here, but I'll ask it anyway. Uh, what would a non-existent resale or retail season have meant for you at, at Ron Paul? Uh, losses in the millions. So all the you know, we're investing we in soil in October and November and seeds, and throughout that time, and basically you run. You lose money from November, December, January, February, March, and then April, and then you hope to make enough in the offsetting May, June, July, August, September, October months to then take those losses. It's, it's a real uh, feast or famine business, and so it would have been, you know, we, we were anxious. Uh, we were quite anxious. Do you anticipate even more people will be gardening this year? Uh, that seems to be what we're hearing across the board in, in North America, and we're I'm part of a group um, that has kind of a forum, and we're seeing an uptick, but mostly on the vegetables. People, uh, you know, the, the toilet paper shelves? We're seeing reports and pictures from like places like New Zealand where the vegetable uh, shelves, uh, plant shelves, look like the toilet paper shelves, just absolutely mm-hmm. decimated. So, um, you know, in some respects, you know, I've seen, you know, uh, the, the, the stories of people in the wartime planting and all that things and kind of getting back into being a little more self, uh, you know, self-management, if you will. And uh, that seems, I think we're going to see a burst in, uh, in vegetable growing. I, I have no doubt about that. I've seen people post on even Twitter. I have some friends who are farmers and they've got their kids growing mini gardens in the garage of maybe tomatoes or peppers or whatnot, Ray. And, and so they'll be, I think the demand will be up. And so now the question for you folks must be, how can you run your business with social distancing measures, uh, given what you'll see from people in terms of customers? So will it work largely the same as it has been in the grocery stores as we perhaps line up outside and you minimize the number of people inside? Yeah, that's a really, really, really great comment. You nailed it. Um, yes, we've already, you know, I could see something coming long ago. We retooled our store, and so we started selling groceries so we could try to stay open in some capacity and help the locals. And so we put splash sneeze guards up over three, four weeks ago, and then we've had the, uh, the same kind of uh, markings on the floors, and we've been spraying down. We've got a, an, a, a, 
a product that, that kills 99.9% of the viruses. So we've kind of been ahead of the curve on that. Now trying to integrate that into the uh, greenhouse, we've got some plans we developed about two weeks ago on what we're going to do. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to require patience from our clients because we just can't react the way we normally would. And, but we're absolutely going to be uh, limiting the access to the greenhouse, and we're hoping people understand when they come in with their five people and their family that that just can't happen. And we're just, you know, we're not trying to be mean. We're trying to be safe. We've seen all sorts of businesses retool and adjust their business plan and the way they deliver their products and their services to the public. Any other adjustments? We've seen curbside pickup. Uh, I know I was at Home Depot the other day. You can uh, order online and they'll bring their stuff out to your vehicle. A- anything like that that you're investigating or implementing already, Ray? We've been rocking that now for three weeks. Uh, and then some. Our, everything, we basically retool our website uh, but almost Three, three, four weeks ago, uh, everything was pretty much online from seeds to plants, to trees, shrubs, uh, store goods. And then we've been doing curbside pickup delivery. I got, you know, we had to, you know, here's the, here's the rub right now. We're, now that we're open, we're trying to ramp up. And so now I'm trying to call guys back because I've been pulling, I've been holding the horse back. You know, I've been pulling on the bit and now we're letting the horse go. And now we're trying to ramp up, but you got to do it in, in, in a very methodical manner. And we're trying to get people back. And it, they're like, well, I just got my serve payment. And so we're trying. We're, curbside pickup is no problem. Deliveries are, we've been rolling trucks. And, uh, you know, I've got three trucks on the road today all day, fully booked. And we're trying, we're calling drivers in. And uh, it's, it's going to be managing the, the, the COVID distancing and managing customer expectations and managing the business and managing the rollout is going to be a wild ride, but I'm so thankful for the opportunity. Ray Dubois, president of Ron Paul Garden Center. They've got it all, and you can go to ronpaulgardencenter.com for more information. Ray, thank you so much for this. Much appreciated, sir. God bless you guys. Thank you. It isn't a usual Friday by any means, but as usual, trying to have some fun this morning and perhaps uh, do some stuff that is inspirational. Yeah, I would agree with that, Brett. Yesterday morning, we introduced you to localfutures.ca, which allows you to support local businesses in exchange for discounts on future purchases. We also spoke with Hillary Drexman about her new PAWS, Good Works Nest Necklace, a way to support local nonprofit groups and wear a beautiful piece of art at the same time, McNabb. This morning, we want to tell you about a different way to wear your heart on your sleeve or more accurately, maybe wear your Manitoba pride on your chest. Corey Beal is the production manager with Floodway Print Company, and he joins us now to tell us how we can do that. Good morning, Corey. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for coming on. This is a pretty cool initiative to support local business. Uh, Explain to our listeners what you're doing. So we have a couple designs available in an online store. Uh, designed by locals right here in Winnipeg who are, uh, you know, not as busy as some of our essential workers are right now. And uh, we're selling them for 25 bucks, and $10 of that goes directly to a business of your choice. So any business can sign up. We have a list of 50, about 50 of them on there right now. So you can go on there, get yourself a rad T-shirt, support a local business, and help keep our press spinning at the same time. How many T-shirts have you sold so far? Uh, we have raised $1,700, which is 
about yeah, it's 170 shirts there. Corey, it's a, a super initiative, as Loren mentioned. Maybe uh, because this is this is radio and this is a visual thing, uh, we'll give out the website one more time and just maybe try and describe uh, a couple of the different designs you've worked up. Okay, sweet. So um, you can find us on Instagram. Might be the easiest place to start uh, at Floodway Print Co. You can see all the designs up there with a link to the online store. The online store is uh, supportlocal.floodwayprintco.com. And, yeah, we've got four designs up there. One of them is Here for Good. It says on it, we're trying to keep businesses here for good. Um, Another is kind of basic support local. We all are familiar with that there. And we have another one just for the pandemic. It says, Winnipeg, thank you for washing your hands. Stay clean type of thing. So just trying to... Well, we're all optimistic, right? I'm sure this will all pass. So we're just trying to put a fun and positive spin on all this and raise some money for the businesses that are affected on the way. Well, it's a fun message in one sense. And on on the other hand of it, I I look at it in the hopes that, as you mentioned, we will get through this. We hope to get through this. and, And we will look back and learn from it, I'm sure, on so many fronts. And in many cases, t shirts, commemorative t shirts, are about acknowledging what we may have been through. And this is different. We don't often acknowledge, this is unique for all of us. We don't look back on necessarily bad events, but this might be something as a keepsake, to a good reminder of years down the road when you put it on of the adversity we faced and, and hopefully what we overcame. Yeah, for sure. Like, I don't want to say, you know, like, don't miss your chance to get a t-shirt during these crazy times, right? But I totally agree. There's like an optimistic side to it because, this is going to pass, and yeah, it's a great time to just support businesses kind of in the thick of it, you know? I'm just currently scrolling through your Instagram. I'm trying to get to the bottom of the feed, and I, it, I can't get there. How long have you guys been around? Uh, I started the company in 2014. Um, I was just getting shirts printed for our local BMX events and having a bunch of trouble doing that, and I kind of just like, saw a need for it and an interest in the process. And we just started doing it for ourselves and for others, yeah, about five years ago now. Corey, Brett and Loren and I uh, love to highlight local business and the spirit within that business community. And we always marvel at the fact that you might be competitors in one sense, but there's a sense of community and collaboration with people that you might see as quote-unquote competition. Uh, Does that work that way in the apparel business as well? Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's there's a lot of print shops. It's a, it's a service like any other, like an electrician or a plumber. So we have a lot of uh, friends in the industry, we'll call them, right? And try and stay close with all of them. So even if it's, you know, the way I see it is we're all working for the same people. We're all doing work for our neighbors. And if we can help other shops in any other way, you know, a, another print shop would be free to sign up for this because I know that we're all being affected by it, right? So if we can all help each other in that way, it kind of helps all the other businesses that we support as well. I just see it as a big win-win because no one print shop is ever going to be able to handle everything, you know what I mean? The working together is great. I I also think it's amazing to hear from people like yourself because these can't have been an easy past couple of weeks. It has to have been challenging, Corey, just to think about how are we going to continue doing business? What can we continue to do? What changes do we need to make? Yeah, well, we print for a lot of events. And uh, 
I don't really have any events planned for the next couple of weeks. That's for sure. So yeah, it's been uh, it's been you know a challenge to adapt and change, but you know I'm seeing so much great work by other businesses, even businesses making pivots totally outside of their like what they usually do. Our King's Head Pub is right around the corner, and I don't know if you saw that they're doing like grocery delivery now. So you know, there's something like where there's a will, there's a way. This isn't the first time that we've had no orders. You know, we started our company in like these types of circumstances, right? So I'm confident that, um, you know, no pressure, no diamonds, they say. With the constraint comes the creativity, and I'm seeing so much of that from our neighbors and our businesses around Winnipeg. Corey Beal is the production manager with Floodway Print Company. You can find them on Instagram, Floodway Print Co., and there you'll find the web link to get to their online story. Corey, thanks for joining us and telling them about this awesome initiative. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate you spreading the word and what you're doing for local businesses during these crazy times. Lines are jammed at 204-780-6868 for your chance to win a $50 gift card for Skip the Dishes. Here we go with the question. According to a new poll, only 20% of people say they still carry one of these around, and most who do are 65 or older. What is it? Blaine, do you know what it is? Oh, that's a a good question. 20% of them carry this? Yep. And it's 65 or older. Most of them are. Maybe social insurance number? No, that's not the answer. Good guess, though. Great guess. Irene, do you know what it is? Flip phone. A flip phone. That is not the answer, but oh. I, I'm, hey, I miss my flip phone. I miss the simplicity. Flip phones are coming back, they're, but they're making fancy digital flip phones now. Derek, do you know what the answer is? How about a Kleenex box? A Kleenex box? Yeah. Like, like on their person? Yeah, you never know. A little pack, travel pack. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I've always got a, a wad of Kleenex in my pocket. I've got, I'm allergic to life, so uh, that's not it, Derek. Though, Derek, great guess, great guess. No. Greg has weighed in. By the way, Mackling, your guess is incorrect. Uh, <laughs> Mitch, do you know what it is? I'm gonna go with uh, checkbook. Mitch, oh, you sir are correct. Right on. Thank you. It is a checkbook. That's right. Only 20% of people still carry one of these around, and most who do are 65 or older. Uh, Mitch, do you have checks? Um, I think somewhere, yeah. <laughs> that, that's that's pretty much how it is, right? The only, the only time I write a check now is when I'm paying my rent because they – in my in my last apartment, it was just they would just take it up right out of my bank account. But with this one, I have to take the money out of my account and and uh, deposit it online into theirs. And and because of the one to two business days thing, I just give them a check because uh, I don't want them to come after me because I'm late. So that's the only time I need a checkbook. It still has my parents' address on it. That's how long I've had it. So yeah, it's wow. been a while. Hey, Mitch, congratulations, sir. Do you know where Thank you're going to you. order from and skip? Oh, geez, there's a lot of choices, but probably going to have to be, uh, I'll give a plug to Newburger. Newburger, good choice. Yeah, they got great burgers at Newburger. All right, Mitch, I'm going to put you on hold, and Forte is going to get your details. McNabb, do you carry a checkbook? I don't even know if we have any checks in the house, now that, and now I'm kind of in a bit of a panic, because every once in a while you do need them. Macro. Avoid, I don't know. Where are my checks? <laughs> 
Sorry to, to maybe inadvertently cause, me right now. cause a panic attack for Loren. <laughs> Greg, do you have checks somewhere in your home? Oh, there are checks in the home. I am not allowed to know where they are. Jackie controls the checks, the checkbook, anything associated with checks, checking. Y yeah, I'm not allowed to touch those. <laughs> <laughs> well, let us know at 204-780-6868. Do you still carry a checkbook around? And let us know. Yeah, I, I can't remember the last time I saw anybody. Like, do stores even accept checks? Like, if I were to walk into a store and say I want to pay by check. Probably not. Yeah, I don't think so. And I've never, you know, like where you get that, you have that little book where you're supposed to write in the transactions mm -hmm. or whatever. I have never. <laughs> the ledger. Yes, the ledger. I've never done that. Are we? Are you supposed to do that? Keep track well, of things, Well, if you want to sure. keep track of how much money you've got in your account, it's a pretty good way to go. <laughs> well, I'm terrible at doing that. So usually I just kind of, whenever I open my banking account online, it's always like kind of with, like you're watching a horror movie, you know, where you kind of. When I go, open, yeah. when I closed. <laughs> Roll. Let's just roll the dice and see if there's anything in there. I promise you on a pretty regular basis, my husband will phone or text and say, like, did you spend such and such at such and such place? Because he's convinced somebody has, you know, stolen our cards based on the purchases he doesn't recognize. And I'm like, no, that one was me. That one was also me. That one was me. Also me. It, and I think he almost wants it to have been hacked because then he can't be like, well, why? Why is this being purchased? <laughs> I think it's safe to say we are all missing somebody right now. Multiple somebodies. And with a little luck, there are people missing you too. Yeah, we just got through the Easter weekend and I was looking ahead at the calendar to May long weekend and wondering where we're going to be at then. And all these usual events and rituals and gatherings, it's getting difficult to not see the people that we love face to face and what we wouldn't do for a pop-in. I, I used to joke about people who were popper-inners. Oh, they're a chronic popper-inner. And now I would love the popper-inners to come by. I want to be a popper-inner, Greg, because whether it's a visit with your neighbor or friend who live around the corner, we need our people, and that includes those that live far away. No question about it, you guys. I'm blessed personally with a strong group of friends and family here in Winnipeg. But I also have, like so many of you, people who are critical parts of our lives and other cities and other countries who we simply can't see as we are used to. Many of you know our next guest is California's biggest Blue Bomber fan. He came into our lives three years ago when the NFL San Diego Chargers announced they were moving to Los Angeles. Scott Mortland made the decision to embrace a new football team, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And I can tell you this, Winnipeg has embraced him right back. Scott joins us from Carlsbad, California. Good morning, Scott. Good morning, everybody. How are you? We're doing all right, as well as can be expected is sort of the tagline we've adopted around here. Your allegiance to right. the allegiance to the Blue Bombers and the Blue and Gold and a quest for a football team, a new football team, has turned into something much bigger. I can only imagine more than you anticipated, Scotty. Oh, by far, by far. Well, first of all, a great cup. Let's, I mean, let's, let's not forget that, you know, just a few months ago, but oh yeah, the, uh, the result of my decision is something far, far greater than I ever expected. I, I, wow. I, I, you know, I even know what was in my mind back in, you know, January of 17, you know, when the, when the decision got made by the chargers and then things began to roll by spring and summer to start planning my visit up to you guys. And, um, it's been a beautiful, a beautiful thing, no doubt about it. 
So maybe remind us about your son, Gregory, who many Winnipeggers fell in love with when you first came to Winnipeg in July 2017. Yes, okay. Uh, Gregory is um, our youngest of four. He's a 24-year-old man now. He's uh, intellectually delayed. Uh, We lovingly call him our 24-year-old toddler here in our family Um, because, believe me, he does have some, you know, behaviors that are toddler-esque, but but he is a young man, and we love him dearly. Um, uh, he does have those intellectual delays, does not talk. He is nonverbal. He's very animated, as Greg certainly knows, um, and those that have met him up there everywhere. Um, he's also been diagnosed with OCD and ADHD. Um, so those, you know, laid on top of the intellectual delay sort of, you know, make our life interesting. We wouldn't change a thing in the world, you know, of course. But um, that is who he is. Um, he loves going with his dad to, on adventures right now we're going on all these drives and he sees hotels and he gives, he actually gives the swimming sign because he knows all these hotels have pools and um he's just dying to get on the road with his dad again and it's just you know again i can't explain to him you know really what's going on but um, but he's rolling with it we're in the car a lot so he's rolling with it literally and figuratively <laughs> well we were talking scott to uh an advocate who works with people who have intellectual challenges and he just mentioned social distancing and all these things can be really hard to explain and comprehend at the best of times let alone for someone who might have their own challenges they're dealing with he's doing okay it sounds like though uh, the drives are helping he is doing okay it's really sweet because we, we drive through starbucks at least twice a day because we're doing a lot of driving and of course luckily he's on the passenger side and he's always reaching across me to try to shake the hand of the uh the very kind barista who's got the mask on handing us our, you know, what we purchased, you know, the, the coffee, the, the oatmeal, whatever. And it's really sweet, but, you know, um, but luckily we're not putting him into situations that are making it tough. You know what I'm saying? We're not, we're not allowed to really. So, um, so we're, he's doing okay with that, but you're very good point though, for sure. So Scotty, you've become Manitoba's unofficial ambassador to, to California. Give our listeners an idea. How do I become official? I don't know. I'll have to dig into that, but maybe just need, give an idea. Brett, look at that. Brett, that's your homework. That's, got, that's Brett's homework. I hate homework, so... Uh... By the way, by the way, I was looking for my Zoom invite. I thought I was going to look at your beautiful and handsome faces during this thing. I, is it just over the phone? Yeah, no Zoom this morning. Maybe next time. How many times have you been to Winnipeg okay. in the last two and a half years, by the way? Only 10 or 11. <laughs> Only. I'm ashamed. I should have been at 15 by now. <laughs> yeah, you would have if not for this uh, COVID-19. But, you know, what is it that you, you love about coming here? I mean, you, you skated on the Cinnaboyne River. I guess that was last winter we did that. And uh, so yeah, many, yeah. so many uh, trips uh, where you, you just, you might as well be from Winnipeg, how proudly you, you wear your gear. Oh, no doubt about it. Well, it's the people. And, Greg, you know how much, you know, our families have become very close. And um, and I've got other very good friends up there. In fact, um, a couple was supposed to come and see us in March from Winnipeg. They live in, uh, forgive me, I'm not going to say the French town correctly, um, but I think it's to the north of town. Anyway, they were going to be coming out and stay with us. And we're going to go to the Celine Dion concert here in San Diego. And, um, you know, that's unfortunately had to had to just go away. But anyway, I've you know I've met some incredible people, and you know, and then of course then you got the bombers and the jets, and me being such a sports guy, you just layer all these things together, and it's just and you know I just I just I feel warm and fuzzy. It's sort of corny, but I feel warm and fuzzy every time I think about Winnipeg and all it's got for me. That's for sure. 
Now, Scott, I understand that you have something special for us today. Before you share it, though, what's the inspiration? Well, you know, first, obviously, what inspires you is what's in your heart. And, um, you know, that, of course, is in my family, my wonderful friends like Greg and those of others who I'm blessed to have in my life. And I think as this all has played out, I... I, I, I really I began to think a lot about what was going on, and it's amazing that in all of our lives, we're tested, and many times those tests are individual. It's just yourself, you know what, you know you're being tested in some way, and you need to you know push through it. Sometimes it's a, a small, select group. It could be a family, there might be some discord. You might have something going on that the family's got to work through. Small group of people, or in the workplace even. Um, I've had that, you know, uh, we've all had it to some degree or another. But now here we are, this test that we're dealing with now is far greater. Um, It's national, it's global, um, it's society. And with that, I think we're we're challenged at how we react to it, how we respond to it, um, how we cope with it, and how we live. And I cope, if you will, or react to things – not often. It's become more common lately that I write. Um, I'm pretty good at writing poetry, and I do that to sort of get my feelings out on paper. And um, the nice thing about doing something like that is I can share it. And I'm very honored that you folks up there in Winnipeg would allow me to do that because it's going to be spoken from the heart. Jeff, you got some music for us? Ready? The title is, Will It Not Be Amazing? Dear ones, will it not be amazing walking out of our front door, tackling the day for all it's got, seeking the sun and so much more. Working hard in our communities, restoring faith, hope and trust, acknowledging the lessons learned, never forgetting absolute must. Children, will it not be amazing? Playgrounds echo all your laughter. Sliding, swinging through a fairy tale, yes, living happily ever after small stuff we complained about among the things we now hold dear school life or challenges more bring them on we're ready to steer friends will it not be amazing to stand in a circle holding hands we're all squeezing holding tight knowing well we've got bigger plans forgiving becomes second nature tolerance acceptance feels so right valuing our sisters and our brothers all holding a torch we need to light People, will it not be amazing? Our souls connected from the start, sharing, not keeping our new norm, taking the needs of others to heart. Thank you, we'll hold deeper meaning. You're welcome, perhaps even more. Two hands firmly clasped together, human energy that helps us soar. Partners, will it not be amazing to celebrate together here or there, seeing the miracles all around us, now believing they're everywhere. Walking along, bumping a stranger as you stare at the ocean blue, Instead of, I'm so sorry about that, it's rather hello and how are you? Family, will it not be amazing when we look back on 2020? The greatest setback of our time led to goodness and light aplenty. Oh, and will it not be amazing to freely hug the ones you love, offering the same to all others, grateful for the blessings from above. Well done, Scott. Well done. I'm just scrolling through your Facebook page, and I see you've written a whole bunch of things like this. So, yeah, you uh, you you have a talent. This, this was a bit longer, but yes, I have. 
That was beautiful, Scott. Thank you for were, doing uh, evolving. that. Oh, you're well. Thank you for letting me do it. I'm, I'm, I means a lot to me. That's that, that's for sure. Well, there's only one thing to say, brother. I love you, man. I love you too, Scott Moreland, joining us live from San Diego. Carlsbad, California, I guess. Uh, how far? Carlsbad and yeah. San Diego. How close are they together? Uh, thirty-five miles. 35, 35 miles north. Um, that's all. Okay. Just thirty-five miles north. All right, Just Scott. Just off the uh, five freeway. Yeah, we're a northern suburb. Okay. Well, hopefully one day soon you can come visit us once again here in Winnipeg. Okay, Scott. Well, I'm counting on the three of you to get that border reopened. Okay. Okay. We'll work <laughs> on, on it. it. We'll work on it. We'll get on the phone. Right. With, we'll get on the phone with Donald Trump. More homework. Nine. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to do homework. I don't want to go back to school. Scott, thank you very much for the visit, and thank you for those inspirational words. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think. And hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG. That's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global. And on Instagram, at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.